Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No More Mondays. I am your host, Angie Callen. The decision to leave a job, change careers, or start a business is often triggered by that slow burn of frustration that mounts within us and finally arrives at this just realization of dissatisfaction about where we are in life. However, think about what you would do if you suddenly find yourself at a career crossroads that is prompted by a big unexpected life event. Today, we're going to talk to Jennifer Devening, who did just that, and she worked through the shock of a breast cancer diagnosis while a lot of other things were happening around her all at the same time to arrive at a life-defining situation and moment that led her into what is kind of a later career transition into entrepreneurship, inspired by her own experience with critical health care. Here to celebrate being healthy and cancer-free while giving us a little insight into how these big life events can drastically change both your perspective and your possibilities. I am excited to welcome to the show Jennifer Devening. Jennifer, welcome to No More Mondays. Angie, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I am I'm just so grateful for people like you who are willing to kind of share these stories of vulnerability because sometimes life throws us things that we can't control. And I want to say not only thank you so much for being willing to be here and share, but also I'm so glad to hear that um, I think it's what been nine years you told me before we came on that you're in remission. Nine years and I'm still here. Still Woo-hoo! here. <laughs> in remission and healthy. And yeah. I want to start by giving everybody a little bit of your your backstory. Tell us kind of like Jennifer, the early years leading up to, you know, this triggering event and everything that was kind of happening at that time that um, I think you call it the big quit, which I love. But talk to me, like talk to me about those early years leading up to this change. Sure. Yeah, I've been really lucky throughout my career. I was out in Silicon Valley for the first 11 years of my career, and I got to work with some of the you know, industry luminaries to really cut my teeth and learn my craft of high tech. And, you know, being with companies like Oracle and HP early on, got great management training. And then I decided to move back to this part of the country. And I've been here in Austin now for about 20 years. And I've had a great privilege as well to work for mostly startup companies, both as a consultant and as an executive. And it's really served me incredibly well. And, you know, after my last company was acquired um, back in the fall of 2020, I decided that there wasn't anything out there that I really wanted to do, but I realized how difficult my journey had been with just trying to, it's one thing to be diagnosed with a chronic disease, but it's harder to manage everything that goes on that you have to do after you're diagnosed. Nobody tells you about that. And so that really gave me the the thought process of how could I make this journey and easier for not just people who have a chronic disease, but anybody who wants to keep their their records and information organized. So I, as you said, I arrived at entrepreneurship late in my career, but really excited to be on this journey. 
Well, and, and I what I'm going to take away from that message, amongst many other little tidbits that you could you could take away from that, is it isn't really too late because a lot of people have that feeling that um, I'm too old to change careers, I'm too old to do something different, I'm too old to start a business, and you know life circumstances kind of pushed you towards it, but you're also quite gratefully a living proof that you can do this and be successful even at a like a a, a little bit more of a, a seasoned senior point in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody can do it, but I will give the caveat though. It is not for anybody that is afraid of hard work. You've got to have t- tenacity and you have to have passion because you're going to get a lot of no's when you do fundraising. But, you know, it's funny to be on the other side because I used to consult to people and say, oh, you know, getting their presentations, investment presentations ready. And it's it's still hard on this side of the fence with all I know and all my experience. But it it um, I think when you talk to others who have come before you and it, they've gone through a similar situation where um, they've decided to, you know, kind of jump ship from a corporate environment and become an entrepreneur. Uh there are days where, you know, it's good, the good, bad, and the ugly hit me, but, you know, it's the passion that keeps me going. Yeah. You, Jennifer said to me before the show that this, this isn't for the faint of heart. And I want we're going to dig into that in a, in a, in a few minutes, because I completely agree that it, it could, it's a journey. Um, I tell people all the time, there is no better exploration into self-discovery than the journey into, into entrepreneurship. And I think that's really interesting for you, having already been on that very life-defining journey of a cancer diagnosis. So I almost want to go back and understand a little bit more about, because there was a period of time between that diagnosis and and then fast forward several years of that experience inspiring this business and that, that kind of trifecta of COVID and the cancer experience and the big quit. So at the time, this really kind of big life event occurred that created this immediate crossroads. And I I wonder what was happening and how you managed and kept all those plates spinning or decided which ones not to keep spinning at a time when you were trying to manage your health, decide what to do with an executive level tech career and all of those pieces. So, you know, it's different for everybody. But for me, it was the thing that helped keep me, it, it kept me going. I couldn't just stop. And, you know, just say, oh, I'm I'm sick. I can't do anything. But I was very grateful because I was very lucky to work for people that that really um, trusted in my ability to still work when I needed to be gone for, um, you know, every three week treatments, all of that surgery, you name it. They were all really grateful. But it not for everybody is it. the case where you have the ability and the fortitude because you're tired a lot of the time. I was lucky I was able to really work from home for a lot of this this uh, part of my career. And so that really helped keep me on track and moving forward. It's critically important to having a good mindset of managing your disease. And I think you bring up a good point about the fact that you if you uh, if you wallow and that's what you make your entire world, then it, it's going to make your recovery that much harder versus having um, even if it's work, a positive outlet, a positive outlet and a place to f- kind of focus some of the the energy. Like you said, it was almost just like this. It was like the, a little bit of a, a lifeline or something to give you to, to t- channel that that attention elsewhere. Well, and to keep things normal when everything is not normal. It's scary. Um, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I, I couldn't put one foot in front of my my other one. It was just so 
It was scary. I didn't know a lot of information. And it was interesting. It was a, a pivotal transition for, you know, leaning on people to help you through that transition and then really being very specific about how to manage that and what, what was going to be good for you and being able to work. And really, it comes down to your own ability and having good people that will give you the opportunity to do that. And and leaning into that support, because as type A's, yes. we're also type A extroverts. We're not we're not very uh, apt to go and kind of seek and lean in and, and say, OK, I need help in this area. So I think that's a really good message when you're going through something really significant, whether it's health or or another type of really big life event. That's so true. It's it's very it was hard to be able to lean on other people, but you have to. You've got to put a care circle around yourself. And that from when I was diagnosed to today, I still have that. That's a really important part of being able to be effective with work and keep yourself normal. And I think, you know, just the little things that you can do to make a difference of just eating well, exercising, keeping your mind active, all of that really factors into how you transition through that process and being able to work and continue to do it on a full-time basis. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little personal story to kind of support this perspective you have on how to get through something difficult like this. When, when I was very little, I was about five years old. My mom was diagnosed with a very serious autoimmune disease that um, pretty much knocked her totally out uh, for several months. Like I, I remember being like five years old and climbing up on the counter to get peanut butter and jelly out, like stuff to make my own peanut butter and jelly out. I always remember that she had an ability to remain positive, even in those, those like terrible situations. And I think that that then got like, you know, trickled down to me that it's like, why be miserable in a miserable situation? What that, what is that going to do for you? And I think that mindset is really critical to navigating those challenges. It absolutely is. I mean, you really have two choices. You can either dig in, be tenacious, be positive, and try to keep as normal of a life as possible. That was always my model. I wasn't going to let my disease interfere with what I wanted to do. And I haven't throughout this whole entire time. And now it's inspired it, which is so cool. So I want, so I want to understand just like logistically, did, did you stay in, in kind of corporate America until the point that you decided to go start your health or was there a little bit of transition time? Um, uh, there, I was in corporate America and working largely for, um, startup companies of different software technologies here in Austin. And, you know, just was um, very fortunate to have some really good people and companies that I worked for. And it was really after my last company, uh, which was acquired in the fall of 2020, that I really decided that there wasn't anything I didn't want to go with the acquisition. There wasn't anything I was really interested in. And I had been noodling on this uh, a while um, in thinking about how difficult the fact that, you know, you get your COVID virus vaccines and your boosters. Well, who do you think has to communicate that all to your 11 doctors, your six portals, all of that? You do. And, you know, I, I have, I'm very fortunate that I have emails of all my doctors. But here's the thing. When I sent them an email, a picture with a picture of my COVID card, 
they said I had to fax it to them, not email it to them. There's a three letter word you don't hear a lot anymore, except for in the healthcare system. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, for me, when I made this decision, it was also about a personal framework I'd already developed and was using to manage records, your medications, everything else. I picked up the phone and I called a mentor of mine and from Silicon Valley. And I figured if I can't talk through what I'm thinking about and get him to buy in, I'm not going to do it. But he got really quiet and said, this is a great idea. And so, you know, from that, you know, this was my inspiration for my company called Your Health. And I, it's, it's so cool how this, like everything, really you were set up to at the, all of these things came together at once. So it was thinking back and reflecting on how you managed your own health journey at a time when uh, it became very obvious people needed that kind of support. And that coincided with this break from from the corporate world and saying, you know, I, I'm ready. I'm really ready to move on. Yes. So um, I would love let's let's give your health a little shameless plug. What are you actually doing through this business? Tell me about the, the, the actual work and services you provide. So your health is a software as a service platform. What it, it's designed to do is give people control over their health and wellness so their most critical information can be summarized before an emergency or or critical event in their life. Um, I wanted to go back to thinking about, so many people are thinking about what goes into um, health systems and payer provider situations, but if you fix that and you do nothing for the patient to give them tools to manage their information better, why bother? So that was really my journey and taking this personal framework of being able to give people the ability to define, you know, their care circle, being able to put all their most critical information in one document and something that you can print out and have digitally available 24 seven. So it's basically like I'm going to get nerdy because I love tech. (laughs) Please. And it's it's mostly what like I'm like ninety percent of my my coaching and resume clients are techs and tech execs. So this is it's almost like a patient side EMR uh, electronic medical record system. It is, but with one really big difference. This is consent based. This isn't about HIPAA. This is about you control. You control your information. You decide who to trust. Not the other way around. An organization saying trust me. This is about you trust. It's all the information you decide because when people say, you know, there are lots of um, uh, companies that are out there that can do an integration and they can, you know, take all your information in the tech world and take all your medical medical records in. But then you have to ask the question, it's like, okay, you now have my 200 medical records in your system, then what? How do you summarize that information that's most important for you? Um, and you don't necessarily have to have a chronic disease to do this. Anybody who wants to stay organized and be able to go in and really think about what that information is. And then our system prompts you with, you know, going through a couple drop down menus in terms of, you know, what kind of uh, disease do you have? What medication do you need? What supplements are you taking? Do you have any allergies? And then we give you some free form capability in notes fields that allow you to, to put in things that are really important. Like I have metal in my hip. Um, in allergies, you might be allergic to heparin, you know, so all those things. And then being able to not go beyond health and wellness, but then to be able to say, 
um, in critical situations, you may be you may need people in your care circle team to access personal directives such as uh, medical power of attorney, DNRs, all of that. So I'm bringing this all together and allowing people to control and manage their information the way they want to. This is cool. Just even as a normal consumer or a normal medical patient, I'm sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be super cool to have something like this to print out and take to a new doctor instead of sitting there and going through exhaustive medical history? So this is it's really cool to sit down. Everybody out there, we're sitting and talking to a real live tech startup founder. And so now I want to dig into this. Why this isn't a fate of isn't for the faint of heart, because a tech start founding a tech startup isn't you know, even like me founding a, a coaching company, which is kind of a low startup, low overhead, you know, just what's in my brain based kind of consulting service. This is real tangible thing. It requires resources. Talk to me about the experience of really starting this and creating a product. Uh, it, you know, every day is an adventure. Uh, you know, that's the first thing I'll say. But I think it's also taking all my years of experience and my co-founders and the two of us can do just about everything except write code. And so really, we had a really good outline for um, being able to uh, understand, you know, kind of what the customer journey was. That's where it starts first. And it's funny because I've had some people ask, ask me from an investment standpoint, they're like, well, you don't have a healthcare background. And I have said, Oh, no, I don't need one. I've lived it. (laughs) I tell people that, you know, just from a practical perspective, I tell people that from job searching because they might say, well, you know, I've only worked in this one very specific industry. I don't have any other experience. And I I actually say that if you have hobbies and passions that provides insight and subject matter expertise, but so do your experiences. You know, I actually have a client right now who's interviewing with uh, for a sales position with an IVF company. Yeah. And it's and and she's she is a teacher who then worked for like her family's lumber business. And she's actually a viable client or candidate for this position because she had her own personal five year journey with IVF and she understands that she has complete empathy for the for the customers of the, of the clients that she's serving. And so don't discount your personal experiences and how they could be leveraged in a in a professional light and that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. That that's so true. I think even with all the skill sets though and being able to do this it's still a journey. But I think it's got to start with do you understand your customer first and what's important to them? And so both Bill and myself, having been through our own chronic conditions, um, do understand what that journey's like. And we want to help people. In the United States, there are um, 200 million people who have at least one chronic disease. That was a place to start, which is mind-boggling. That's, that's a really good market segment to tap into. It is. It is. And giving them the tools and not being you know just frustrated that you, when you, you have you know, 11 doctors, six patient portals, and all of this information takes a lot of time. It Nothing communicates to each other. And as you said, you know, it's filling out another form. Is it, wouldn't it be nice to have something that you could just take into your doctor, regardless of what kind of doctor it is, your, your general practitioner, you know, that you have all your information that's important for a doctor to know. And particularly if you go in and you're taking on a new doctor, um, 
we're not to the point yet in technology where, because a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, this is so great. You know, can you, will this be a document that they can, I can give to someone and it'll just automatically fill out that same, you know, name, first name, last name, information that you get asked every single time? Wouldn't that be lovely? We're not there yet. It is no. coming. So, you know, this was my way of starting and giving people tools that they could have. And I, I made sure that, you know, thinking about um, not just digitally, but the fact that you could print out your emergency care card with all your information so that in any given case, if you're not familiar with tech, um, technical, you don't have a te technical skill set, but you have the ability, you know how to print out a document once it's filled out, that's, that's the way to go. So just even, I think I would say anecdotally, one of the things I like about this story is it really reinforces a common theme that we see through these conversations with people that have shifted from kind of employment to entrepreneurship. And that is that you found your sweet spot and your specialty through the culmination of your professional experience, life experiences, knowledge, and skills. And it all comes together. And a lot of times people will kind of downplay that. Well, it's just this thing, or I have this idea to solve this problem, but it's not really that unique. But if you if you have a unique perspective on it and a way to deliver it to the market, it could be very, very viable. And this is exactly kind of one way to do that. And, and just out of curiosity, where, like, where in the founding process are you? So like, do you have a minimum viable product that's out there with users? and how's the tech part going? Yeah, that's an excellent question. The tech part's going really well. We just now completed our um, beta product. And Yay, we'll, we'll, yeah, Thank you, thank you. And we're going to roll into our beta next week and we're going to run it over the next couple, of, uh, next couple of weeks. And it's really, you know, it's really about making sure all our features and functions work really well. And from there, we'll step up before we have an MVP product that will probably roll out in later this fall. Exciting things are happening in the world of your health. Correct. I love it. So let's go back to kind of the bigger picture here. Mm -hmm. I would love, as somebody who's gone through this, you know, really tough life experience that kind of disrupts your career and makes you think about things, what advice do you have for people who might be going through something like this? They found themselves at kind of this sudden crossroads or, um, you know, sudden life event that, that changes their perspective or their needs. You know, what advice or, or what steps would you suggest they start, they, they take to start navigating this? So I think you really have to, you know, step back and really think about where you are, what you want to do. And I, I'm a big believer throughout my career. Um, I've always been uh, nerdy like you have been. And I, I believe you've got to have, you've got to find a passion for something you want to do. And then you've got to find something that you do for yourself to give yourself joy each and every day. Um, and it's not, not, you know, your children or your coworkers, but what do you do to give yourself joy? So your joy jug is full so that if you're in high tech and you're starting, uh, you know, a company, you've got to have something to, that keeps you fulfilled and motivated along. But I think the number one thing is really finding what are you passionate about when you get through your career you start to think about these things. And, you know, I've been really lucky that I've been motivated by, I love technology and I couldn't imagine being any, in any other industry. But I think it's hard for people to think that they, they don't have options. There are still lots of options on there. 
There are so many options and a lot. And that is a very common, like whether you're actually going through the thing or just you're that person that's arrived at the kind of like, man, by all external factors, I should be perfectly happy where I'm at, but I'm just not satisfied. A lot of times it's just it's overwhelm and lack of clarity be, and, 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 and lack of knowledge on what's out there because people just feel like they have to be a one trick pony. And that is totally not the case. It isn't. I think there are many opportunities for people to, you know, once you go out and get some good grounding and some good training, which I think you've got to do, you just, just because you get out of school and you went to a, a school, you're really smart, does not mean you, it's the learning on the job that applies the most. <laughs> I'm sitting here, Jennifer can see me, you all can't. I'm sitting here laughing because I went to Carnegie Mellon and had a civil engineering degree. And the first day of my life as a civil engineer, I was like, what the heck am I doing? So you could take all the physics and calculus classes you can in the world. That doesn't teach you how to go draft plans in AutoCAD. So whether it's actual engineering or tech or whatever it is, I think that that's, that's very true. And throughout all of that, I think it's really important to know what feeds and fuels you. Um, you know, I, I was recently in a conversation with somebody who says, you know, you either have things that things that need you, that feed you or that uh, fuel you. And you need to know where everything lays out and make sure that you've got some elements in every single bucket or else you end up with a lot of the need you and you get depleted. So I think that's a great a, just a great piece of advice is like have a respite. And whether it's a passion you're trying to turn into your profession or just something that is that like escape and and a, and a something that uh, feeds you. I think that if you're going through some stuff that for me, it was fly fishing. When I was going through my stuff, I my husband said, I think you need to start fishing. I think you'd really like it. And it became my like quasi stand in a river meditation. And so you need to find you need to find your thing while you're going through the things. It's so important to have something. Everybody's got you know, whether it's fly fishing for you, for me, it's always been horses that have kept me, you know, sane and sound uh, during, you know, this time, you know, as I was diagnosed. And when I'm not working, that's where you can find me is out at the barn. But that's the thing that sustained me and kept me going and kept me happy and motivated to personally and professionally. So yeah, you just need to know what that is. You equine. Do. Also, side note, equine therapy is a real thing. It is a real thing. It definitely is. I love the term that you used, uh, joy jug. And I feel like that is a perfect segue for us to learn a little bit more about you and what fills your joy jug. So we're going to play a little game. It's called uh, Rapid Fire. Don't worry. It's not very hard nor very rapid <laughs> most of the time. And uh, the first question on the list is, what's your most memorable travel destination? Paris. Why? Because the city is just so full of history, it's just an amazing countryside, and it also is a touchstone for me from a horse perspective. Oh, that's a, that's a good little like special connection to, to Paris. Uh, I'm really curious to see what you're going to give us for this one. A great book recommendation. You know, I the, there's so many great books out there, but I would say, you know, along the lines of thinking about, you know, your career and if you're doing a startup and you're raising money, I just recently read one by a gentleman who's a VC here in Austin. His name is Mike, Mike Smir, uh, Smirklow, and his book is um, Mr. Monkey and Me. And what I like about it is... Out of all the investment books you can read from VCs or um, consultants, 
This one is kind of the real, real. It's the real deal. It's the behind the scenes, down and dirty, um, how VCs really think. And it was a good refresher for me. And I just thought, golly, he just, he was so honest about, you know, his career and uh, what, you know, the behind the scenes of here's what they're really saying or not. And I thought that was incredibly helpful. And the title suggests just that, like yeah. an, an approachable and very real, raw look into the behind the scenes of, it of venture capital. Super and, cool. And really the, the, you know, the mental health that you need to get through this process, because you're going to ki- kiss a lot of toads or toadettes um, through this process. <laughs> and you're going to get a fair amount of rejection. Absolutely. And you can't take it personally because a lot of the time it's just a not... You have to think about that uh, a VC through their career, um, you know, if they go from associate to a partner, might only make 25 investments over their career. So the the ratio in terms of investments are, you know, the law of averages is already against you. So you yeah, really got to look at Yeah, because they're seeing 2,500 pitches. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's a, that was a good aside about the world of VC because a lot of people I think are curious, but don't really understand it. So there's a, there's a, there's a Jen, Jennifer and Angie do VC 101 and then go read the, go read the monkey and me book and you'll know more. That's right. Uh, what is, uh, your favorite movie? The princess bride. <gasps> that's such a good answer. <laughs> you know, my husband, I'm going to, uh, Jim, I'm throwing you under the bus. He was like, 35. We had been married for years before he ever first saw that movie. Oh, I'm like, my how's goodness. this like a staple of my my youth? Have you not seen it? And uh, if you if you are a listener of podcasts, other than, of course, No More Mondays, do you have a recommendation for us there? This is going to probably sound, you know, really cliche, but I still I love following Oprah and what she comes up with because it presents on a world stage and it's not so insular and focused just on things in the U.S., but it gives a broader view. She may be one of the richest people in the world, but she's always still going to be the real deal. She is. She's the real deal. She's really smart, and she really gets it. And because this is a show about Mondays, what is the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Jumpstart. It's your opportunity to say, um, Monday's here. You start, I get up early in the morning, I close my eyes, I think about what I need to get done, and then probably an hour later I have to think about everything's changed and how can I change it. (laughs) And you learn it as a skill set. I used to have to write everything down, but I can shift. I've done it for so long. But I always think of, I don't, I'm not terrified of Monday. I think about, you know, it's my jump starter. It gets me going for the rest of the week. And Each day, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, what you start out with might change and you got to be flexible enough to move. Uh, Yeah. If you have six things to do in a day, you're going to get one of them done and the other five are placeholders for the oblique moments that come up and that you just have to audible and take care of whatever presents itself. And that is the roller coaster that you've got to be prepared for when you go into a journey like this, because it isn't for the faint of heart and you've got to be a, a kind of adaptable to sustain it. Yeah. And it's not nine to five. It, it, I think really the situations kind of really dictate, you know, what your work day is going to look like. And they're long, you know, if you're going to do a startup, as I said, it is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's um, more like five to nine. And by that, I mean, 5am to 9pm. That yes. would be, that would be kind of how my life looks. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I have a, I have a friend in my office who's like, Hey, have you watched that show I recommended yet? And I'm like, I watch 59 minutes of TV, like 
maybe maybe that's like how I wind down for one hour before I go to bed. So there you go. Jumpstart. If you if you can move into a mentality where Monday makes you feel like you're ready to jumpstart the week, then you've made it. I like your you have such practical words of of wisdom uh, that have come from life experiences. And it's just really it's just refreshing to to hear them and the just that very like actionable, like just do this kind of kind of thing. I like your attitude towards life. It's it's awesome and um, inspiring after, you know, the journey that you've been on. It's trying to keep it simple, but never be never, you know, never stop learning and listening to other people. And you get good nuggets over time and applying them to your own life. And speaking of listening and learning from others, how, as we kind of start to wind things down, I would love for everybody out there to know how to follow you. So how do we keep in touch with what your health is doing? How do we keep in touch with you and your health? Yes. So you can find, uh, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn, Facebook. Those are my two primary uh, places. And then as we get through our beta and we, we hook up all of our social media, it'll be yourhealth.app or um, you can find us with the hashtag at healthcare in control. Um, Ooh, and hashtag. that's, a, thank you, on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we will be sure to link to all of this in the show notes, and then we'll update them and make sure once the platform is live and, and all the app socials up that it's linked as well. So everybody who listens to this over the years will be able to access it and, and kind of follow along in your journey as a founder, as a cancer survivor, uh, as an entrepreneur, all of the things that you're doing. This is awesome, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Angie, thank you for having me today. And before we let you go, uh, speaking of gold nuggets, I love that you use that term. What is your what is your final piece of wisdom for everybody out there? What's that best piece of advice on what our listeners can do to get one step closer to satisfaction? I think one, it's being organized and the rule of three. The rule of three is really important. It's an A plan, B plan, and C plan. If you report to someone, come prepared. Don't make someone ask more questions than they have to. Rule of three always applies. Jennifer, you're my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) I I use the rule of three in everything. I literally have a YouTube video called the rule of three, and it's about how to answer. Tell me about yourself in an interview. But in general, rule of three in like most most aspects of life applies. So that's about like the number one best piece of advice you could get for any aspect of life and career is adopt the rule of three. Be prepared. And whether it's an ABC plan, whether it's an ABC reasoning, whether it's a one, two, three in order, the rule of three can definitely help you uh, keep your keep your mind organized and um, and focused. That's a great piece of advice as we wrap up this episode. That was sweet. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Angie. Oh, Jennifer, this has been quite a pleasure. I can't wait to see what happens with your health as it rolls out. So thank you so much for just sharing your story and being an inspiration to all of us for so many reasons. I appreciate you so much. Thanks again. This has been an amazing story of an inspired, confident professional. And we always love hearing these. And so uh, this has been an awesome way to hear about somebody who's really navigated some serious career and life crossroads. And I hope that you will all be inspired to take away some of these great pieces of advice. Adopt the rule of three that have come out of this episode. And to all of you out there listening, thank you for tuning in. We would love it if you would subscribe to No More Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star rating 
because it is a huge help to bring you more inspiring stories like Jennifer's. If you would like to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or grab today's show notes and links, please visit us online at nomoremondays.info and we'll see you next week for another episode of No More Mondays. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 